my brother, my compatriot. What's going on, fam? Not much, not much. Before we get to our business and whatnot, a couple, a couple of quick shout-outs. Number one, especially our brothers Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. Um, today they just talked to Joel McFly and Keith McFly. They had Pimpstripe Strong podcast. Um, Keith McFly also does talking nets with Hudson Flynn, and um, they also a couple days ago talked to Yankee Insider Brian Hulk. So guys, go check out Grunt Talks MLB. Bobby writes terrific stuff for NFL. Julian writes terrific stuff for baseball, especially Yankee baseball. Um, tomorrow, John Boy from 12 to 8 is having on a bunch of guests straight through. Real Michael K, Jeff Passan, and the real Bob Costas. Because apparently someone made a fake Bob Costas account. And his son was like, yo, this ain't my dad, you know. My, you know, my dad has a cheap little phone. This guy's using an iPad slash iPhone type thing. Um, but go check out all things John Boy Media. You know, Pinstripe Strong Podcast. By, by Joe McFly, Chris McFly, and Keith McPherson. But especially Keith with the McFly, the P-H-Y, you know. Um, and more important again, Grunt Talks MLB. Julian and Bobby does some terrific and fantastic things. And tonight's podcast is, you know, special for us. We're going to have someone that works around Trevor Bauer and Rachel Luba. Her name is Morgan. She's smart. She's ambitious. And um, I'm really, really excited. Um, check out all things Watch Momentum. Of course, Rachel Luba and Jessica Kleinschmidt do a podcast called Court Belt. They're actually recording tonight. Um, so I'm sure we'll get some good stuff there. You know, uh, rumors of James McCann could be going to the Mets. He could also be going to the Angels. Who knows? You know, he's also a California kid. So if it's close, the Angels may be getting himself a catcher. So him, Mike Trout. And uh, Rendon, you know what? That's three pretty good players out there. So that's how teams like Angels slowly, slowly build. And tonight's going to be a good episode. We're, we're going to talk Bauer. We're going to talk Lugo. We're going to talk Watch Momentum. That's Trevor Bauer's company. You know, he's him and Lugo right now. They're changing the game. They're making baseball bigger than baseball. And you know what? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. You know. So, James, your thoughts? Um, I agree. Um, first off, big shout out to our brothers Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. Um, these guys do great work. Check out, check out, um, check their podcast GNT. Um, these guys do a fantastic job, especially Bobby, which I consider the next. Um, Adam Schefter and um. Julian Gallardi is going to be next Jeff Passion, so please, guys, check them out. Secondly, more importantly, um, I think it's great that Trevor Bauer is on the forefront of the change, especially with our guest looking at Morgan on. And baseball kind of needs that. Baseball kind of needs to get with the times because the old way of how baseball used to be is not there anymore. I know baseball's heartburn is still baseball. It's still the America's pastime, but... In order to get younger fans, you need to connect with the fans. 
find a way to connect with the younger audience. I think what Trevor Bauer is doing, that's how it should be, especially a guy who's in his prime of his career, who just won a Cy Young, doing all these great things when it's baseball to baseball. That's kind of what you need. You need someone who's young, who is not afraid to say anything controversial, who's not afraid to like speak his mind, who's not afraid to use social media to his advantage, especially when you're an athlete in baseball. It is... It's what's needed, so I'm really happy that that they are doing this. Also, um, guys, um, if you want 9:30 on Instagram, Nate just revealed he has a new co-host. That's right, the lovely Ariel Schaefer, and uh, of course, Julian tweeted 28 minutes ago that the NC Dinos outfielder has posted "Sung Bum Nah," so another another player has posted. Um, but Nate, you know, he's getting a lot of, he's been getting built guests, big guests. Last week he had Jay Billis. He's had tons and tons and tons of big guests. So he's our buddy as well. You know, that's just what we do. We hungry out here and we talk to people, we get people on and our, our all passion is sports. So every group, every person has a connection and if you care, you just got to build on that, you know? Absolutely. That, that's how it is. And uh, I can't wait to talk to Morgan because this is some, this is some really cool stuff. And the fact that she works around um, Rachel Luba and um, Trevor Bauer is really, really something. It's really, really special. And it's great to see women in power and doing, and doing great things. And we... We really mean when we say support women in sports and women belong in sports. And if you get tired of us hearing it, oh well, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep saying it until you hear us. That's true. Right now, Morgan is doing a couple things at work. So while we wait for her, you know, um, since since we ran out of time yesterday, we never really got to talk about it. What was the Christmas movie? You saw yesterday. I saw How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That was my movie I saw yesterday. Fun movie, great classic movie. Saw it with my saw it with my with my niece. She really enjoyed it. You can't go wrong with How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, that's that's very funny. Cindy Lou Who, you got the brothers going on Grinch Mountain. It's you know it's it's funny. Um. Today, you know, again, it's one of the movies that I've seen before many, many times. But, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. You know, Tim Allen. Uh, another famous actress who was in uh, Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. And, uh, it's all about how this, the place they live in is very big on Christmas. And because their daughter went to Peru for the Peace Corps, they said, hey, you know, we spent 6100 on last year for Christmas. So, there's a cruise. We spent 3000 on the cruise. We're still saving money. And then they had all these plans. They want to go to the cruise. But the daughter, Christmas Eve, surprised them. I'm coming home from Christmas. So, they spend the whole day. But before all that, the whole neighborhood for the whole weeks and weeks and weeks of Christmas was was mad at them because, you know, they're all neighborhood decorates the neighborhood. 
everyone has a frosting on their roof, you know, everyone has lights, everyone, you know, they normally donate for charity, they normally buy a tree to help the, um, the Boy Scouts, they didn't do that, and so, but eventually everyone got together, um, Dan Ackward is also in that movie, and it's just funny, it's great, and it's one of those movies that you could watch over and over and over, and, but, another movie that I've never, never seen before, but it's a classic, and I'm gonna watch it tomorrow, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, so people say that movie's great, and I'm gonna look forward to that. That's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be fantastic. That's that is beautiful. I honestly can't wait for that. You know, uh, man, it's it's crazy that we are that the we're in 2020, and if you would have told me that the Browns Giants in two weeks is a Sunday night football game, I would have thought that you were crazy. But here we are. The Browns are nine and three. And the Giants are five and seven. The Giants have a chance to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they will, but they got a chance, just like the just like the Washington football team has a chance. So that uh, that's going to be very interesting. Like it seems like the two teams that's making the division that's going to make the that that could make the playoffs is the two teams that will come from the NFC least that you would never expect because right now, both Washington. And the Giants are a game out of that last playoff spot. Wow. Yeah, because as of right now, the Seahawks are the fifth seed at eight and four. Tampa Bay at seven and five. Minnesota at six and six. Arizona at six and six. That's that's crazy. And tomorrow, you know, the rematch of Super Bowl fifty three, Rams Patriots. And uh, Bill Bill said that they barely looked at that tape because it's that was a long time ago. A lot of teams, a lot of players on the Rams, ain't on the Rams no more. And also, same thing. A lot of a lot of people that was on that Patriot team, guess what? Is not on this Patriot team. So it's 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 very different. And uh, you know, so I'm I'm sure the Rams didn't look at that tape too much either. And it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting game because if if the Patriots win, you know you're you're talking to where they they can get an eighth or seventh playoff seed. And who knows? Seven, there's no eight. All, all seven, seven to there's, six. There's, there's, you know who knows? Yeah. Who knows what could happen? Anything anything can happen. And again, they got Cam. So Cam's a common quarterback. You know. I'm not going to say that they're going to make a Super Bowl run, but anything is possible. Morgan is ready. So now we're going to talk all watch momentum, all Trevor Bauer, all her, and let's go. So you are lucky enough, you know, to where right now you get to work around two people who are pretty much changing the game of baseball, changing, changing how it's thought of. For the past a hundred years, you know, how did you get with that opportunity, and what's it like to work with two smart people such as Trevor Bauer and, and Rachel Luba? Well, I was 
would, I mean, I would like to consider myself part of that equation individually, um, like, you know, in addition to them. Right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start off by saying that. Um, but I think, you know, I've, I've been, obviously, you know, Trevor and Rachel have been friends for many years, and she's sort of seen, you know, the, the evolution of, of Trevor's brand. Um, and, you know, I've been on a team for about um, a year and half roughly now and um yeah i mean we're certainly like trying to um you know change the culture of, of baseball i mean rachel from the representation side me from the marketing branding side um and um you know it's it's been it's been great to just sort of you know learn you know from trevor and sort of you know what he's passionate about and um yeah i mean it's it's, it's been awesome Morgan, hey, this is James, the other half of the sports dudes. Um, I want to ask, um, when it comes to marketing, especially in baseball, baseball has always been the traditionalist. They've always been keep things in. They've always not really used social media to their advantage. How have, how have you and the team that you're with able to flip the game where now not only Tre- not only Trevor – brand is big that you can actually open a gateway for athletes to have their brand and expand as well. Yeah, so I think, you know, a couple things. Um, we haven't officially launched yet that Trevor um, and myself um, are going to have a, uh, a marketing firm that sort of is sort of built on this idea of the modern, you know, the modern player, right? Like you, you saw this year, um, Trevor was able to successfully um, you know, reach the top of his game on field and also, um, you know, be at the top of his game off the field also with social media. So our approach there is, you know, not to be sort of, you know, timid uh, when when approaching, you know, his, his social media strategy. And we hope that that was an example to other players who are interested in, in building their brands. So look at what Trevor was able to accomplish this year on the field and say, I can do both, right? I can build my brand, I can post on social media, I can get brand endorsements, I can have fun with this, and I can also go out and compete and, and compete at the highest level. And so, um, you know, we're, we're excited. We're developing some things, um, you know, here behind the scenes um, to hopefully launch, a, you know, a company in 2021 where uh, we're focusing heavily on education and, um, focusing on data um, and hopefully presenting that to players and showing them like how far behind truly MLB is in this. And here's sort of the path that, that we took with Trevor, um, which can serve as a great case study for, for guys that might be on the on the fence about wanting to sort of build their brand alongside the same time that they're you know, performing on field. That's one of the things I love about Trevor Bauer. Like it seems like he really knows how to have fun, and he doesn't take himself too seriously. At one point in the season, I forgot who the player was, but he gave up a home run. Oh, oh, oh Tim Anderson to the White Sox, I think. He gave up a home run, and then one of the announcers was like, oh, let's see if he's going to make a vlog about that, you know? And he did. Yeah. I don't think no yeah. player would have ever did that, right? Because it's basically a whole clip of them getting rocked to deep center field. So when it comes to right. stuff like that, I, I think that's great. And also as fans, we that we want to talk to the players. That's why I think it's great what Steve Cohen is doing. 
He's doing something no owner besides Mark Cuban has ever done. They're on social media. They're talking. They're they're giving us insight, and that is the best. So that's why I I think right Bowers like Kobe to where his his first life is now, but once he retires six seven eight years from now, he he can do this forever. And I mean, it just it humanizes them, and 
um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that more guys will end up wanting to do it. And it sort of seems like Trevor's, you know, started that trend this year for sure. Um, so I've, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what other, what other athletes uh, want to jump on the board. So jump on board rather. <laughs> and then of course, congrats to Trevor too for being part of the first all major league baseball team. You know, that was announced earlier today. Um, with with the Wiffer Ball game, I thought that was really interesting. Was that something that was already going to be done, or was that specifically done just because of COVID? Um, that was that was specifically done because of COVID. So we were all sort of you know sitting around like we were all quarantined in the same house uh, during spring training. And um, we were all just kind of sitting around, and uh, it was actually um, David Carpenter was the guy that first sent, you know, the first tweet out and just sort of, like, threw it out on the um, on Twitter and said, yeah, like, it'd be great to, like, get some guys playing, you know, in a, in a you know, softball game while there's no baseball going on. And so, you know, Trevor sees that, and this is, you know, this is how Trevor's mind is wired, and he's extremely creative, and I'm, I'm really lucky to to get to work with somebody like this, but he sees that and he knows immediately that, um, you know, his team momentum can sort of, you know, take that and make that happen. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Most guys would, you know, throw out a hypothetical, man, this would be great to, you know, have a softball game going on right now. And we were able to actually execute in, you know, 72 hours. Um, so I think that that sort of, uh, is a testament to like what Trevor has built and, um, you know, how, how, sort of nimble we can be as a small team um, to, to make that happen. And again, like, it just further, you know, proves the point that he's, you know, serious about building, you know, his brand like this because, like I said, those guys would have just, you know, said, yeah, it would have been nice and sort of moved on and he actually made it happen. So, kudos to him. With Trevor winning, like, the side out with the whole, with the watch party, that must have been a cool experience. Like, what, how, what was that experience like when when Trevor won the when won won the NL Cy Young where, where everyone just just celebrating? What was that moment like for him? Yeah, no, it was it was great. Um, I was I was sort of preoccupied because I had to sort of keep him on on schedule. You know, I had to make sure obviously the, the audio video stuff was was working. But um, shortly thereafter. Um, had, you know, if he won, um, they had already sort of had, you know, a slew of interviews lined up after the fact. So, um, that was sort of, you know, I was in more work mode than like, you know, celebration mode as, as was he. Um, but basically, you know, we weren't actually, and neither was Trevor, uh, we didn't actually see, you know, we weren't watching the broadcast. So, um, we didn't see or hear when he actually won. So there's a slight delay when Trevor found out when it was actually broadcast on TV. Um, but we weren't watching the um, we weren't watching the, the live broadcast. So we sort of just were basing our reaction off of observing Trevor's reaction. So that was you know it probably would have been a little bit louder in there um, celebration wise had we. You know, gotten to actually see the announcement made, but uh, yeah, we were sort of waiting on Trevor's reaction to to then know, you know, okay, now it's time to celebrate. So, <laughs> and with with something like that, right? It's it's obviously you want to get you want to get all all the important people there, the parents and whatnot. Was did 
was there like a COVID rule of of okay, you know, try not to have too much people. Try try to only have necessary people, you know, in in the shot, you know, or around. I mean, certainly, yeah. We've we've been here in Arizona the last, you know, since, since the season ended, and we've all been, you know, quarantining together. And um, there was not, you know, anybody there that was outside of, of of that group that had been sort of around us for the last, you know, month and a half, two months. But you know, we had you know, seven seven people, perhaps maybe seven, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Um, was not, you know, certainly wasn't a wasn't a big group, and we're all. Uh, playing volleyball for sure. <laughs> um, 
said, before you move out to Arizona, um, right, like, is it, is, is it cool that right now, that even though it's 2020, that one of the best things in 2020 was, I believe, like, was every time Trevor tweets, it is probably the best thing. Like, every time Trevor Bauer tweets, it's amazing. Like, is it, is it really cool that when athletes um, tweet or say something, and they're engaging with fans, as Nick said. Does, does, does it feel more personable that you kind of feel like you get to connect with them in a way? And that is isn't that a, like isn't that something that you take more that that you find really awesome that you see athletes more and more connecting with fans and answering with them? Does it feel cool? Of course, yeah. He, I mean, he loves doing that. I mean, y'all, y'all probably seen the sort of interactions that he's been getting from different fan bases right now with free agencies, so that's been really exciting to see all the, the creative things that people are doing to try and recruit him, you know, the, the different, you know, crazy photoshops and, you know, people are tagging me, like, thinking that, you know, I have some influence on where he's going, and, and Rachel's mentions, and, you know, they're finding, you know, other other people that he's friends with and sending them photoshops, so, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I, I personally have seen sort of the evolution of, like, you know, he was, he was a big deal when I got, you know, when I got to him and came on board working with him back, you know, a year and a half ago, and it is, like, night and day, like, like he's, he's absolutely just taken off, and it's, it's, it's amazing to see how many people, like, you know, know things about him now, because they've watched the blog, or, you know, um, how they are now, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, Trevor's my favorite player, right, um, and it's, it's awesome, it's awesome, um, we've got a really, really, really positive, uh, response on, you know, all of his social channels, and then he also has a website where, you know, we sell his merchandise, and people can subscribe to newsletters, and there's also, you know, an email inbox there that, that I monitor, and so I see the different people writing in saying, you know, my son's a huge fan, my daughter's a huge fan, we love you, you're our favorite Reds player, you're our favorite player, period, so it's, uh, it's, it's been extremely gratifying. Yeah, on a court thought, Rachel was saying, Oh, you know, people assume stuff all the time. My brother has a house in San Diego. My family lives in Boston. So people assume this is going to put the decision of where Trevor Bauer goes. And, and, it, and then, of course, all of the tweets. Oh, hey, Angel fans, what's it like to do here? Or, you know, you know et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's what's part cool, you know. Having having all the interactions, and then and then you know that's you know when he tweeted all. Oh, if it's not tweeted from Rachel Luba, it's all speculation. And then you have everybody just even still still wanting to say, oh, he's going here, he's going here, there, you know. So um, when when whenever he does sign, so that's not gonna change where you'll be. You'll you'll still stay stay in Arizona. Uh, me personally, probably not. I mean, I'll end up splitting time in Arizona and wherever he ends up playing. It's, it's just easier for me personally to do my job when, you know, I'm, I'm with him as much. There's a lot of stuff that I do, you know, behind the scenes for him that, you know, doesn't, you know, people, you know, and fans don't get to see, but it's just we, we work better in person. I can be way more effective and efficient for him. And so um, there will certainly be, a, you know, the, the time where, 
I'm spending, you know, in Arizona, um, just getting getting work done here um, and having everybody under one roof in one place. But um, for my job particularly, um, it will, you know, require me require me to be, you know, with him more than probably somebody that's on the momentum team, right? So. Wherever, wherever Trevor ends up, and you'll be putting time between Arizona and wherever, is that going to be a harder commute, or is it going to be something that you're, you'll be able to do, regardless, you know, regardless? Like, like, how will the commute feel between Arizona and wherever he ends up playing? I, I mean, you know, I could be either in a car or I could be on a plane. I, I don't, I don't know that yet. Um, but you know, I've, I've worked in MLB for the last, you know, ten years. Um, so I'm sort of used to not really having, you know, a home base or being in the same place at, at once. Yeah, just like Rachel travels a ton. Um, you know, Trevor's my client. I also, you know, when we do start recruiting additional clients onto into our marketing firm, I'll be traveling to see them as well. So um, I sort of you know, have come to like that about the lifestyle and, um, you know, wherever he ends up, whether it's, you know, plane, train, automobile, whatever, <laughs> like I'll, I'll find a way to, find a way to get there, so. <laughs> and what did you do before hooking up with Team Bauer with, with, with Major League Baseball? Yeah, so I spent uh, about two and a half years at a baseball agency where I negotiated equipment contracts. Um, memorabilia, training card contracts, and, and did some of the operations for the agency. Um, and then prior to that, I worked for two baseball bat companies on the manufacturing side. So I did uh, marketing, I did, you know, in-house, you know, clubhouse sales. Um, I, I pretty much, you know, have always sort of worked at startups as well. And so I sort of have a, you know, I love just operations and, um, you know, finding inefficiencies and things, and so um, I sort of wear, you know, I wear a lot of hats, I have a lot of, um, you know, variety of That's experience, good. but it's all been, you know, in the baseball space, so. Did you work with Rawlings? Uh, what's that? Did you work with Rawlings? I sure did, I had about 120 equipment companies that I that I dealt with, um, you know, your Nikes all the way down to, down to, you know, your lizard skin, right, like, <laughs> wow, that's that's really impressive. Um, like, like, would you now? What advice would you give um young ladies who have aspirations of being in marketing, representing whether it's um players or companies? Like, what advice would you give the young ladies who have aspirations of getting into the marketing? I sort of got my start before social media was what it was today, and you know I'm I'm certainly not like really old, but uh, it, the the landscape of like how you can get a job now is completely different. I mean I don't know that I would be you know in the same spot that I'm in right now if if I had to like start you know from from today and do that and try and find a job now. So um, I mean it, I I hate to sound cliche, but I mean, this is a relationship business and there's a reason, you know, I've, I've had certain, you know, both guys and girls that have wanted to work in this industry that just, you know, couldn't or didn't want to hang around because of, you know, the, sometimes, you know, in the beginning there, it's like hard to get started. It's, you know, you make hardly any money, your hours are insane, but, you know, I stayed, you know, I'm like 
really, really, really self-motivated and pretty when it comes to just giving up on things and so I think you know there's a reason why I've now worked in the industry for 10 years and um it's because I wanted it more than you know anybody else I, I didn't really you know have someone kind of paying my way I and mean, everything you know I bought a plane ticket when I graduated college and went to winter meetings and got my first job at a winter meeting so just you know you gotta sort of make the sacrifices I understood that you know I was gonna miss certain you know, holidays, birthdays, whatever it might be, and luckily I had a good group of people around me that understood what it was that I wanted to do, but um, one of my best pieces of advice, honestly, is um, there's a saying that, you know, it's not who you know, it's what you know, but there's another part to that, it's who knows you, right? The most, the more people you sort of tell what it is that you want to do in this industry and, and network, um, I think that that's, you know, like, if they don't know what you want to do, they can't help you, um, and so... I just made sure that everybody knew what I wanted to do. I want to work in baseball. This is my skill set. Here's what I think I want to do. And um, just sort of built from there. Also, um, you know, I think it's finally great that Kim Kim Ng got her chance. And now she's now the general manager of the Marlins. Um, But but then also, right, Chris Young, three years from playing, and he's he's now a GM of the Texas Rangers. So, what's your thoughts to where she she should have been maybe hired ten years ago, but he kind of his first opportunity, he he gets a GM. I mean, look, like I I don't think it's any secret that you know Tim was qualified many 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 years ago. I don't really you know I I think we can all sort of agree on on that you know front. I don't want to. You know, like I said before, this is sort of certainly like you know, in the case of of the of, of the Rangers, like you know, it's a relationship business, and maybe there's maybe there's something there that you know they uh, they saw in him that maybe the public wasn't aware of. I I don't I, you know I don't know, but um, you know I, I'm glad to see that the tide has has, has turned and you know things you know as long as you're qualified for the job, which she is, and I assume he is, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it finally, you know, that finally happened, and hopefully we see more of it, so. I'm all for it. I'm really glad that Kim got her chance, and I hope this paves the way for more ladies to get the opportunities, and because we've always said women belong in sports, I truly, truly believe that, and I hope Kim paves the way for more women to, to get these jobs, because... It's you know it's it's, it's these, these jobs don't don't come easy and if you're able to get it you get it. One of the things yep. that I've I've learned is that base like especially baseball especially baseball it's such it's demanding. It's 162 games. Um, I know this season was 60 because of because of COVID, but usually 162 games. How like on a normal season? How would it? How like how does how does your how how I guess the proper question I want to ask is how how much work does your job get when it's 162 games and your client is traveling all over this great country like how, like how are you still able to work when you know it's 162 games that you're really starting from February until October? I mean, for me 
for me personally, like, you know, I, I have an understanding, of, you know, of his schedule and, and what, you know, what he can sort of add on to his, on top of his, you know, full-time job of playing baseball. So I certainly, you know, don't ever want to overextend him with, with obligations and, you know, brand partnerships. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we've, we've set goals and I understand what his, what his goals and desires are for his brand off the field. And, um, you know, so there's, a, there's definitely a balance there. You know, if, if we're going to, we're going to choose, you know, the best opportunities for him that, you know, make him some money, but also, you know, sort of propel his, keep continue, you know, propelling his brand in the direction that he wants. And, you know, if there's ever a point in time where he feels like he's overloaded, we back off of things. Um, but, you know, we just, that's, that's why, it, again, it's sort of easier for me to be in personal with him, too, and kind of gauge, um, you know, hey, this is probably, you know, not worth, worth his time, or, you know, maybe this is something we could look at in off-season rather than right now, so it's sort of just, you know, we rely on communication, and, um, you know, and that's, that's sort of how we approach that, so. I'm, I'm also sure it's a lot easier to do stuff with him in the off-season, right? Because I'm sure during season, you know, he's focusing on training. He's for he's focusing on his program. He's he's focusing on getting ready to start. And how much harder was it with the 2020 season because you had COVID? So so I'm sure it was it was more inner bubbles. You know, if if you wasn't necessary, you, you know, don't be around. So how how harder was it? compared to this season than seasons in the past where, you know, there was no stop gaps. Yeah, I mean, like, what what separates, you know, what separates Trevor from other athletes is that even when, you know, he would get off a plane, um, you know, on, you know, in a, in a away city, um, if he needed to film YouTube videos, he would go and do that, you know, drop the files into a, a folder and I'd, you know, help him get those uploaded and get the, get the video content ready. So, I mean, he's... He's sort of unlike any other athlete that I've I've worked with in that he actually does you know he does a lot himself but he uh, I don't know how he does it um, I would be you know I'd be exhausted but um, he he makes it work um, yeah he's he's pretty he's pretty incredible I, he's sort of a unicorn when it comes to that I mean I've I've never seen somebody that can sort of you know get all the stuff done that he does um and again play at sort of the you know the highest level uh, baseball um so it's uh it's uh but but this year i mean it was it was interesting um i obviously like i i was in cincinnati once during the season um during the shortened season with him to do some, some marketing stuff that we needed to get taken care of but for the most part i handled everything from afar this year lots of, lots of zoom meetings lots of phone calls lots of black messages um, but, you know, this will be, 2021 will be my first sort of, you know, full season with him. Um, so I guess I'll have to report back, but, um, yeah, I mean, from a operational standpoint, I don't think there were any, it could have, you know, it couldn't have gone better, I think. So we're, we were pretty happy. 2020 has been such a, I guess we can all say it, it's a tough year for everyone, um, especially with COVID and a lot of things being restricted. Um, how did you able to make the most out of this year, despite all the challenges that was given to 2020? Um, so we did, we had, you know, in, in early 2020, like as soon as sort of the, you know, the, the pandemic started, 
you know, we had some conversations with brands and they were like, look, you know, we don't know what the future is going to hold. We're putting, you know, spending on hold. Um, just, you know, sort of stay in touch with us and, you know, we'll, you know, once, once things get quote unquote, you know, back to normal, we can sort of pick up conversations. So we sort of took that and we said, all right, um, you know, we've got these, we've got these contacts sort of, you know, kind of, uh, waiting in the wings, if you will. And, uh, let's just go ahead and, and just go, you know, crazy on, on social <laughs> pretty much. Let's get really aggressive with, you know, content creation, let's get really aggressive with our strategy and our growth and our engagement and ideas. And so that's what we did. And it, it paid off because once things, you know, once we started getting back in touch with companies later on, you know, this year after sort of, you know, towards the end of the season and, you know, Cy Young timing, I mean, now things are really all starting to fall into place. So it was, it was, it was definitely a, a different sort of year. Um, but I'm really thankful that, you know, my first full year with him sort of ended up this way because it allowed us to really like double down on his social and some other opportunities that we couldn't have done had, you know, there been a full 162 game season. And of course, this year with the Reds, you know, his, his only postseason start because they just couldn't score against the Braves, but he pitched very good. Seven, seven, seven and two thirds, 12 strikeouts. You know, of course, he couldn't get the win. But off of a start like that, and it's being a playoffs in a weird season, you know, how how good does it feel for you to see him dominate like that? I mean, it's I, I'm I could not be prouder of him. Not many people, you know, get to see how hard he works. I mean, I'm sort of you know around him know here out in Arizona and seeing just you know the long hours that he puts in um, both you know when he wakes up he's doing business stuff pretty much all day long until he gets you know his, his work in you know he comes in you know the gym at like seven and spends hours in here going through all of his routines I mean he's meticulous he's extremely detail-oriented and you know like not not a lot of people get to sort of see all of that work that goes on behind the scenes which then paid off for him you know, uh, on on field, but it's I, I could not be prouder of him, and it couldn't happen to a better person. So he's uh, he was right when he said that this is his, his first Cy Young; it is not his last. Um, but he has a lot of personal goals that he, pers- you know, personal and professional goals that he wants to hit, and um, we're we're gonna we're gonna do some of those in twenty twenty one. Oh heck yeah, you guys are gonna kill it. I know it. But, but one of the things that one of the things about I guess what's going on in baseball today is the dreaded A word. The word that a lot of people don't like. Analytics. Analytics. Oh, yeah. now, I know how do you deal with, with a lot of people who use a lot of analytics when they say the numbers guys Say, according to this, you have to have your own directory do this and all that little mumbo-jumbo, whatever it is the MIT guys know. How does how do you guys deal with all this analytics stuff going on? I mean, it's funny because, you know, while some of that is, is oh, not necessarily analytics, but maybe the more mechanic stuff uh, might be a little over my head when you start getting really technical about, you know, because his arm, arm slot or, you know, whatever else it might be. Um, but, you know, I, I approach my job uh, with, you know, measuring 
successes of you know brand partnerships and success of social campaigns, just like he would when he's making a decision about you know him changing you know his grip on a pitch, right, or watching you know his his, his water intake or you know whatever else it might be. So he and I like we have a very similar approach to how we make decisions in business and in our jobs. Um, and you know, like most people, he's he's sort of he is not sort of he is the pioneer in that space. Um, you know, in the analytics and mechanics space and data. And uh, you know, ten years ago when he was starting all this, yeah, people thought he was, thought he was crazy. Um, and now, you know, it informs every decision that he makes, and it, you know, on on my side, it informs every decision we make about you know. Again, success of, of campaigns and um, doing you know one deal versus the other, or posting this over that. So um, you know, we we like to think that we're sort of um, you know leading the the charge with with that uh, both on and off the field here at our conglomerate. What are some of your favorite baseball movies that you've watched or that you like to rewatch? Honestly, like, I love um, A League of Their Own. Tale of Dreams is great. I mean, who doesn't love Sandlot? Not that that's, like, a full-on, I mean, I guess it's kind of a full-on baseball game. Super cute. Right. But um, I would say those are probably, those are the top three. Um, I loved, um, I love 42. Obviously, you know, Jackie Robinson. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, maybe those are, what, top four? Four that I listed? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I doesn't, you know, I haven't haven't watched a ton lately. I've been kept pretty busy with work, and I don't have a TV at the moment. Uh, but <laughs> outside of that, yeah, like uh, it'd be nice to sit down and, and watch a movie. Now that y'all, now that y'all say that, uh, haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Last question before we get to rapid fire. Um, if what um what 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 are your what is your biggest personal goal? that you want to, that you hope that you want to set forth and achieve in 2021? Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to, you know, I want to build my personal brand, you know, for so long. Um, I've been behind the scenes as evidenced by, you know, sorry, there's a, there's a uh, helicopter flying over us. Uh, um, you know, I've, I've been sort of, I've been in the background a lot, you know, taking care of a lot of things. I do a lot, you know, for Trevor, and I do a lot for, you know, some other clients that hopefully, you know, will end up bringing on. But um, ultimately, you know, I, I, I do, I, I take what I do very seriously, and I would like to be, you know, um, a figurehead sort of in the space, in the baseball marketing space. And I have some other personal goals that I'm not going to share quite yet that are, you know, in a couple of other sectors in baseball that I would like to sort of see happen. And so... Um, I'm going to make sure that I'm sort of working on those quietly because um, it's just kind of my style um, until until things happen. Uh, I like to keep those kind of quiet and get my work done and put my head down. So, um, but, but ultimately, you know, for, for the time being, definitely want to build my brand. I want to have people kind of, um, you know, respect me in the space as a, as a key, you know, person on, on Trevor's team and um, in, the, in the space in general. And I think I'm on my way to do that. Awesome. And now, Morgan, before we get you out here, we're going to do some quick rapid-fire questions. So I'm going to ask you right. quick questions. Hey. You're going to give me some answers. You ready? Uh, I guess so. Let's go. What, what was your favorite moment of the 2020 baseball season? 
Um, for sure, uh, Trevor going back to Kansas City, throwing a complete game, and uh, and uh, taking his his uh, his like uniform top off, and he had to send the shirt underneath there. That was all designed uh, by a, uh, ma- by our you know master marketing plan. But um, that was that was a huge day for me. That was also the same day as the Joe Kelly cleats. Uh, scenario so that all around was a great viral day for our team and that was easily my favorite day um did you enjoy the pace um the baseball postseason oh absolutely i i was i was secretly not secretly i mean i was pulling the raise there i don't think you can deny like the the energy that Randy or Rosarina brought, um, you know, Brett, and all those guys. I mean, it was it was it was fun to watch. Um, I that that what was it game 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 four? Yes, <laughs> game three four? four. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. I think I was hoarse after that. Um, but yeah, postseason postseason was great. Loved it. Would Would you be an advocate for postseason bubble going forward? Like, I guess I'm not even a poor Stephen Bubble, but I guess, like, a World Series being in a neutral side, I think that's the best way. Would you go for World Series neutral side, like how they do with the Super Bowl? Um, I, I personally, I like how it's sort of been done. I think it's great to sort of, you know, get um, the fan bases involved when the teams are, are playing in their home stadiums. But, you know, I, I think it was sort of an unfair way to kind of judge the neutral site this year because there was also, you know, it was also there was a pandemic going on, so it wasn't like there was, you know, activities that were sort of set up around the, the city to, to kind of get people there and get people involved. So I'd have to see it, like, at a neutral site in a normal year to ultimately make that decision, but I, I like, you know, having fan bases um, there kind of supporting their, their team um, as the teams travel back and forth, I think, uh, for now. Are you, um, two more, number one, are you a fan of having the DH, a universal DH, or, or, and this, and this is more for you, not, this, this is more you personally, are you a fan of having universal DH, or are you a fan of just having the AL have the DH and the NL just have pitchers hit? Um, I think so. Uh, Trevor would probably be mad at me if I was like, yeah, let universal DH, because I know how much he hates. He hates hitting, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to keep my job on this one and side with side with him. <laughs> All right, and um, last quite a last important question. Um, if um, assuming we have a full season, um, would you be a fan of expansion playoffs? Because that's kind of the talk that's been going on. Like, if if, the, if, if we have Universal DH, they want expanded postseason. So, would you be a fan of expansion postseason? Have like a like an NBA NHL style one through eight and then just bubble? Um. I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this a lot, so I don't really know. I, I should probably have a stronger opinion on this. I mean, like I said, there's certain aspects of, of baseball that have, have been around you know, since its inception that I understand and appreciate and like. So I don't really. I, I'm gonna let me let me think about that a little more and get back to you. I should have a stronger opinion on this, but I, I would like to see them both kind of compared side by side to see like which one I actually have more fun with, you know, or enjoy more, I guess. So I'll take a rain check on that one for now. And uh, we, all, we 
all saw Game 6 of the World Series, you know, Kevin Cash taking out Blake Snell. If Trevor Bauer was pitching as good as Blake Snell and he got pulled, do you, do you think he'd be unhappy? He wouldn't have gotten pulled. <laughs> he I wouldn't like have gotten that. pulled. He would have, he would have, stayed, he would have stayed on, on the mouth. Like, guys, like, I, I would bet, you know, my entire, you know, whatever on that. Like, take it, take it to the bank. He, he would not have come out. Like, I mean, that would have not gone, yeah. I would not. I would not go down. I would say that. I would bet Morgan. I would bet everything that I earn in my job that Trevor would not would not let that happen. I would bet no, everything. If I was shot. a betting man, Trevor, like no shot, no shot, Trevor. Like if a manager goes up to Trevor Bauer and says, uh, and Trevor's cruising along in a World Series game, he would tell that manager, "Get your butt back in there. I'm I'm pitching. I'll let you know when I want to come out." Yeah. Oh, and and sure. and one more one more last question because I just thought of it. What was the idea behind send it? Was was that planned? Him throwing the baseball, you know, practically in, in over over the fence. Like what what brought that on? And, and the teacher was pretty creative. One of our friends bought it. Bought mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So um, the the moment. Like when you know when he was taken out by by Terry, um, that you know his reaction and emotion in that moment was certainly you know it wasn't wasn't planned. Um, however, you know we saw an opportunity you know an entire you know year and a half later to capitalize it and turn it on you know turn it into more of a, a positive and, and lighthearted moment. Um, and so that's that we that's what we decided to do. We're like, look, the you know one year anniversary is coming up on this. Let's, you know, go ahead and get a shirt made. And so we, you know, worked with a designer and got a couple of concepts done. And, you know, Trevor, you know, put his final stamp of approval on the one he liked best. And then we were like, all right, um, let's make sure that we have some, some activations planned around, uh, you know, him going back to Kansas City, celebrating the, the one-year mark of, of that famous throw. And, you know, we can sort of laugh about it now. And, you know, we, we you know, made nice profit off the shirt. And, it, uh, you know, it was a success. Awesome. That, was, that shirt's great. And yeah. I was debating on buying that shirt. I was like, should I buy that shirt? Because I'm a Yankee fan. And I was like, and normally I don't really have, well, I don't really have um, gear that's not my team. That's always been a number one rule. Like, if you're not on my team, I don't have gear. But I was Got really it. contemplating, I was really contemplating, should I get it? Should I not? I was like, I'll wait, because that was just perfect. But Morgan, though, I have to say, we here at the Sports News, we are proud of your work. We're glad that you that you're working with Trevor's team. We wish you the best of luck. We continue to root for your success, Absolutely. and hopefully, when and, and we hope that that whole COVID is over and that you guys can can can, can, can expand your brand even more. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Thank you. Take Thank care, you so man. much. And let me know, uh, I guess, when everything comes out. I'm looking forward to sharing it. Thank you. So, Morgan, thank you again so much for coming on. That was Morgan Blank, one of the members of the Trevor Bauer camp. She's very talented. She's smart. And that whole team over there. And this is just not something I'm saying just because she she wanted to come, come on our podcast. This is something that is just true. You know, there's... 
a lot, a lot, a lot of smart women out there. And you know what? Professional sports, it's it's time to change. It just, it's, it's still, even today, it's still mostly male-dominated, dom- but they're coming. Just, just, just like the line from 42, you know, Jackie's not the first. They're coming, men. So, the women are coming. Embrace it. Realize it. Notice it. And just say, hey, listen. Let's just be there. And it's better. You know, if if you truly want to be that guy and just not embrace it and not go for it, fine. But just know if you put those thoughts out there, you're going to get slammed. You're going to get killed. Um, me personally, I like to know who bad people are, so I can stay away from that, but it's not going to be a popular take, and, you know, women like Morgan and Rachel and Jessica, they're talented, and, uh, I'm glad we're able to talk to people like this, you know? I agree, and I just want to, I just want to say for the, for the guys that continue to say that women don't belong in sports. I, I just want you to, to say that I, I want you to show yourselves. I want you to know who you are so we can just come out there and just rip you a new one. Respectfully, of course. Women belong in sports. I'm going to keep saying it till the cows come home. Women belong in sports. It's not a cool catchphrase that me and Nick said, but we truly mean it from the bottom of our hearts. There's a reason why our, our Twitter account has women belong in sports. We mean everything we say. Women belong in sports. And if you can't see that, then I don't know where it's going. Because people like Morgan, people like Rachel, these women are fantastic. These women know exactly what they're doing. And especially Jessica Kinsman, especially Jackie Richmond, who does great with the NHL. Especially, especially Emily Kaplan, who also does great with the NHL. Like you know, like these women need to be need to be heard. They need to be shown more. We need more women in sports. I'm gonna keep stressing this until you get it. And if you don't like it, tough nookies. Women belong in sports. Absolutely, and just from you know making think about it, I I put it on the story today. And, uh, I truly think that he's going to end up going to San Diego, you know, especially with them not having Mike Clevenger for the year, you know, getting, getting Lament back, having Chris Paddock, having Trevor Bauer for this year, that's a solid rotation. But now next year, adding all those three people, plus Mike Clevenger, knowing you can go three straight days of having... Pettit, Paddock, Clevenger, and Bauer. That is a filthy rotation. The Padres are coming. Now, even if they don't get Bauer, they're still coming. But if if I was Trevor Bauer, I would sign there or I would sign with the Mets. But I would wait to sign with the Mets because I need to see who they sign first. If they could sign McCann, if they could sign Springer, then, then you know what? You go there. You're paired with Jacob DeGrom. 
That's literally the last three Cy Young winners on one rotation. DeGrom, 19, 18 and 19. Bauer, 20. And just like Morgan said, he's not done. And I think it was a great story that he had someone Cy Young Award winner as his phone phone screen, lock screen. So now he has his. And he's, I think he's eventually, you know, he's going to win more Cy Youngs. You know, Hall, I'm not sure. Championship, I'm not sure. Because that's that's just not based on based on him. You know, that, that, that that's based on a team. But he's going to have a successful career. And more, again, I hope more athletes join that and make tweets. You know, that's why, too, a lot of people give crap on Marcus Stroman. You know, does he put stuff as eloquently as Bauer does? Probably not. Maybe he uses, a, you know, a little less professionalism. But you know what? It's still great to see. It's We want to see the players the coaches, interact with us. And it's just going to build your brand. The more people hear you, the more of a chance they ride with you. Now, also, of course, it can also go the other way, too. Maybe if you talk too much, maybe that's not too good. Just, you know, um, sometimes maybe, and this is no shade, it's just an example, maybe sometimes Gary Sheffield Jr., maybe he talks a little too much, right? Kurt Schilling, you talk a little too much. Because he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he's not because of his what he says with with his fingers. So there's there's definitely a balance, but I I think what they're doing and you know, again, it it also doesn't have to base off his pitching. He he could go four and twelve with the ERA of five. And his stuff will still be interesting. Now, of course, it, it might be better if he pitches good. But I, I think that's going to happen. I don't see him dropping to 5 win the season. I don't see him having a 4-plus ERA. I don't see that. So, just look for stuff in that. Rise Morgan seems smart. And she's going to take that team to the next level. Um, I totally agree. And... I think that's something that needs to be said, man. Like, I couldn't agree one thousand percent. I've I've always said that um, Bauer, Shum would go to San Diego, be, and even without Bauer, San Diego the team that's on the rise. So for all the Dodger fans that think like, yeah, we we run this ish, relax. San Diego ain't ain't, ain't someone to sleep on. That, that, that's a fun team. San Diego made baseball fun, especially with the Slam Diego. You arguably got the next face of baseball. You, you could make an argument that Fernando Tatis Jr. could be the next face of baseball. I know right now it's Mike Trout, and Trout is the best player in baseball. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But Tatis is coming. Tatis is coming. That's a guy... That, that makes baseball fun, and he, he, this is what baseball should be about. Like, that, and I also agree that sometimes, sometimes, Nick, less is more. Less is more. I, it's really cool to interact with the fans and, 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 and to make it feel like you're, you're, you're engaging with them, but maybe sometimes you don't necessarily have to be with them. More so, like, 
you know, have a balance between your job, like, you know, playing on the court, there's playing on the court, or playing on the ice, or playing on the field, or just, or just interact with your fans, and if I don't, and if, and if I don't see San Diego, I think the Mets would be an ideal spot for Trevor Bauer. I mean, if you, if you put Trevor Bauer with, you put, you talk about media brands, you want to talk about expanding your brand, if you play in New York, you sh- that, that that's gonna be something. You're gonna have Trevor Bauer with Jacob Degrom, and then and, and the Noah Syndergaard returning with Marcus Stroman. That's a pretty scary rotation. Wow. Um. Not not the way I want to end this, but I I just saw a pretty interesting thread. Um, it's by Maddie Heaps. To all women in sports. Tell me how someone has belittled you for the job you have without telling me how they belittled the job you have. It already has two retweets, 17 quote tweets, and 65 likes. Um, just reading off a couple. Gabrielle, she, she does girl the game. <laughs> Frequent IFing in the press box. Um, Alexa Ross, she retweeted it with Never forget when his safety almost took me out during during an NFL preseason game, and photographer scolded me. Oh, I lost the tweet. Photographer scolded me for getting in a shot when I was trying not not to get killed. That's one. Someone, Christina M S C S E S, you must be competing. Where's their real slash head coach, honey? I think you're in the wrong room. This is just for the coaches. Here, let me pop that spring in the board. Wouldn't want you to break a nail. Where's the person who actually in charge of this event? Uh, <laughs> some girl named Lena. You must be effing one of the players. Marissa and Jemmy. There are multiple NHL press boxes where people have asked me if I knew a shot that hits the post is in a shot on the goal. No, dude, I don't know the rules of the sport I cover. Why don't you take my job and said genius? What does she mean by that? What did you say? I, 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 what? I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Someone asked, mm-hmm. so, someone asked if I knew a shot that hits the post isn't a shot on goal. No, it's um, it's not a shot on goal because he didn't really make the save. It just hit the post. Okay. Um, another one is whose girlfriend are you? You better be careful down here. Let's do the interview tonight in my room. Um, someone says majority of the, I assume she means horse service shooters, at one of my previous teams used to literally push me out of their way. And complain to each other about the team talking to me and using my photos, even though it was my job to know them and provide it with content. Then there was, it's nice you have a crush on our grandson so we can see him all the way in New York from Mississippi. Oh, you don't know anything about hockey. You're only here for the paycheck, right? Oh, so you answer phones. 
I was told I was strong for a little girl at 24 years old. Isn't that camera a little heavy for you? Another one says, was a manager of a team for five years. Did the stats and clock for every game for five years. Do all the work. Had a new ref come up to me before the game. And walk me through how to fill out the entire stat sheet. So are you waiting to get into a physical therapy or medical school? Aren't there any jobs closer at home? You actually sound like you know what you're talking about. After a presser, a man asked me how disappointed I was that I didn't get to interview the hottest player. So guys, again, go follow her at Maddie Heaps, M-A-D-D-I-E-H-E-A-P-S. I'm going to retweet it, and James will retweet it also. And this is just an interesting thread, and, you know, it's unfortunate that we have bad threads like this, you know, to where they're being straight outright disrespected to where some guy named Bobby, who's new, he'll get patted on the back and he'll be like, come on kid, come come smoke cigars outside by the porch and, and, and let's talk sports. Where, where where he doesn't know the difference of the catcher to the pitcher from from the blue line to the goalie being pulled to to the three-point shot to the field goal you know it's just it's just ridiculous there are so many bright women out there and why are people constantly trying to go against it i don't understand it's uh, really unfortunate we have to end it on that note and it's really sad that there are, there's always there's always idiots out there that just want to get their 50 seconds of shame by discrediting women that think that they don't know anything what they're talking about like it's, it's really upsetting i don't i personally don't like it i think it's lame and this has to stop and um unfortunately that is how we're gonna end it but it's not gonna take away from morgan being on the podcast morgan thank you again so much uh incredible work that she does with the bower camp uh we're gonna be back again tomorrow better than ever and yeah guys um don't forget free giveaway we got a giveaway coming up at the end on the last on the last day of the episode man so so don't forget, we got a giveaway coming. And who doesn't love free stuff? It's 2020. It's been a terrible year. We figured our last show of 2020, we ended with a bang. So just wanted to get that out there. And that's how we're going to end it. Nick, great show, man. Yes, sir.